like you gotta I'm really self-conscious because I don't want to be too loud. I feel like this is the quietest I've ever talked on the podcast. I'm, <laughs> usually, like, I'm usually like shouting into it. Do you think it matters? No, not really. Everything does, should pick like up. It should be quiet, okay. Though. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk quiet. I guess. We're podcasting outside tonight. We are outside. This is the first outside episode ever of Green and Lewis. First one not at Green and Lewis? Uh, not the first one not at Green and Lewis, but the first one far away for sure. Okay. Green and Lewis West. Where was the one not at Green and Lewis? We did one in Manhattan on the Upper East Side with my friend Ulrika. Okay. Uh, that we traveled for. We went to Olive Garden. I was wondering if it's the Olive Garden in one because I missed and then that we went one. went to so her far. house. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What the fuck are we talking about? We can just continue our conversation. You don't need to feel what were like we, talking we need to about, talk though? about anything. Oh, the photo shoot tourist, hundreds of people. Oh, yeah. I went on a photo tour over the weekend and there was a million people shoved into a single canyon <laughs> while you're trying to take pictures. <clears throat> with the tripod? Yeah, with a tripod, which I don't use and I don't like. I don't know. Did you shoot with a tripod when you were shooting pictures? No. No, I hate Unless it. Unless you're taking a selfie. Old school selfie where you yeah, set yeah, it up yeah. for 30 seconds and you go in front of it. Like walk back to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should introduce you, I guess. Or slow exposure. I mean, this is my sister, Jess. Hi, Jess. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> First time podcaster over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Josh here, too. You might hear him in the background. Hi, Josh. What's you up? You want to say hi? Hi, Green and Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> All the listeners out there, welcome to a quiet evening in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. I was hoping we might hear the chickens, but we're not going to hear the chickens, I guess. They're sleeping. Chicken sleep. I was going to ask I, you, I just if you want any that. eggs, do you have a way to cook eggs when you go to California? Yeah, I'll take them with you want me. want some eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Are you going to stay at a friend's house? or? Well, we're doing an Airbnb in LA. Okay, cool. We'll do an episode from there, too. And then nice. we're doing an Airbnb in San Diego where we're going to do a mega episode with like 12 people, I hope. I'll give you some eggs. Wow, 12 Sounds people on a good. podcast? Yeah, I'm going to try. We only have four mics. Pass it around. Uh, yeah, we'll pass them around. There's a bunch of couples on the trip, so maybe couples can share mics. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Very nice. So for your podcast, you normally have topics you go through? No, never. Okay. Or very rarely. Sometimes you do. If Will and I are really running out of things to talk about, or we've had a long day or a long week, <clears throat> I feel like I'm losing my voice out here. Do I sound funny? No. I sound funny to myself. Um, no, we, yeah, it is all the jewel. I've been jeweling like crazy cause I can't jewel with mom. I was thinking, or not that, that I can't time. jewel with mom, but I don't feel freely. self-conscious about it. Yeah. The, uh, the other day in the car on the way, uh, to our trip, I just took a road trip with my mom out to Utah and I was in the car and it was dark. So I was just jeweling in the backseat the whole time, but oh like inhaling it and just not blowing it out. You know, and then they would ask me a question. And I'd respond with a super deep jewel voice. <laughs> <laughs> Why do so, you use the jewels? I don't know. I, I, I just bought it as like a stepping stone off cigarettes and then I never let it go. I never bought like a better. You have a better vape, Josh, but I never bought like a bigger vape rig or machine. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vape machine. Go with the little ones. Mm-hmm. They're slicker. Here's a nice vape up. Well, and I used to refill the pods, but I don't do that anymore because I started backsliding into cigarettes. So now I just spend a million dollars a week. On the pods? On the pods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about in the car? 
That's what I wanted Shit. to that's what I wanted to get into with you is like weird stories from childhood or from your we were road talking trip about, days. Um the Asian crush on uh, Tiva. Oh, Tiva, my queen. Yes. When we were much younger on a trip out to Vegas since we've always had family that lives out here. I was probably 10, you must have been 11. We were introduced through our uncle or cousin's aunt to a girl who was probably 12, maybe 13. She had boobs. Yeah, it's a weird fantasy in retrospect. She had boobs, and she was really cute Asian girl. We went to a water park with her one day, and we were reminiscing. Uh, I was telling you how I got to sleep over at her house, and it was the first like really like, Asian household I was ever in. Yeah. I got to eat some noodles and broth, and we wore silky pajamas to sleep, and <laughs> you had an extreme crush desire i could even feel it and i was your sister and we didn't talk about it at that age yeah I that's know so it, weird I that know, you remember that i know you wonder we also went on um to lake mead what are those things called we went on jet skis with her oh yeah, yeah. we had fun times well i was saying to you in the car that like i haven't thought about that since it happened so it was probably 20 years ago but I do distinctly remember the horniness yeah. coming through. And it's so funny that you picked up on it. Too. That's what I'm saying <laughs> is odd. I also remember this is not on the horniness of Tiva, but that same trip at the water park with her. Do you remember the Pepsi challenge? Oh, yeah. We did that there. We did? Yes. Oh. Had to distinct, they had like Pepsi had it set up and you had to taste different things, whether it's Pepsi or Coca-Cola yeah. or whatever. That was there, too. That same little water park. Do you remember if you passed it? I had no fucking clue. I'm sure I thought I did, and I don't know. But I did get a Pepsi keychain, like a little ball from it. Yeah. Soft little Pepsi logo. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast or not, but you know Mom's a big fan of Pepsi. You know that. Yeah. But it's really weird because everyone else in the world is a Coke fan. Yeah. So every time I, like, come down for Pepsi amongst my friends, it's, like, this weird point of contention (laughs) because nobody else is like that, and no one's from a Pepsi family, but... I found out on my road trip with mom that she failed the Pepsi challenge when she was given it. Oh my God. You guys talked about the fucking Pepsi challenge. <laughs> yeah. I guess, That's I guess, so weird. I guess Greg, our cousin, Greg yeah. gave her the Pepsi challenge and she failed it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I could distinguish Pepsi from Coke at all because I hardly drink either one. And if I have had any in the past multiple years, it's definitely Coke. Really? Yeah. And even if I get the option, like tonight I had Sprite. I get I get a little fruity. Yeah, yeah, fruity yeah. Soda. I'm a I'm a clear soda person yeah, too. Yeah, clear soda. But I don't drink beer. soda that much anyway. No. That's why I got the seltzer water at dinner. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, we went to uh, Blackout Dining. Yeah, that was great. Which was a crazy experience. If you guys haven't done that, 100% blacked out. Seven courses. They don't tell you what you're eating. So that was a fun sensory experience. Well, it was funny too that they disguised the veganism. Yeah. Like they don't tell everyone that the entire restaurant is vegan. It is all vegan and they do not say it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people would not eat there? I bet they yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. People are very opposed to that term. Rightfully so in some senses. But here you would never know. It was really delicious. It was. It was good. Yeah. Totally dark. You see the menu after you're done eating. So the whole time... The server might tell you some things. Our server didn't actually describe the food too much. He'd say, this is hashtag delicious, enjoy, or describe that there's a sauce that you had to pour on your dish. There's some crispy things. They're really good. Right. The shape of the plate has a lot to do with it. That's how you figure out what's going on. And then at the very end, and it was fun because we were pretty accurate. There was definitely the first course super wrong. I thought I had it. I was like, 
ooh, I know what this is. Yeah, everybody. Potato cheddar soup. Right. And it's like carrot coconut soup. And that was the only one we were really, really off on. Yeah, it didn't taste like that at all. No. I'm I, really surprised that that's I what it was. I think they, oh, not really, but I wanted to say they fucked with us and that wasn't actually what it was. Well, maybe they run out of stuff or whatever and they just made something else, you know? That happens. And coconut. I was blown away by that. I really was like sitting there, potato and chive. Mom's mm-hmm. like asparagus. I think it's something green. She, mom had the worst flavors of us all. Sorry, mom. She was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't have a very good palate, so to speak, or couldn't recognize it as quickly as the rest. Well, you guys all called out that mint thing, and I had no idea what that was. Yeah, but you were already eating it on the rice ball, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Jordan was funny too, telling the server we had iron chinis and. Oh, I just love those balls. <laughs> and the server's like, yeah, and the sauce, and you just put them in your mouth. <laughs> it's all dark, and you're just like, all right. Well, anyways, next course. Well, this was back to the horniness, <laughs> but all I could think of was people trying to hook up in there. I know that must happen. Handy's like nobody's business. Oh, yeah, just as a dare or something, too. Well, and it'd be so easy, too, because the servers even admitted that they can't see. They don't have a wild, uh, wide field of view. Yeah, they're, they're, view range is about the size of the dish where they're directly looking so they have probably a one to two foot radius through their night vision goggles or infrared goggles that they can see so they can't really even see your face unless they're looking right at you otherwise they're really focusing on where they're going and it has had 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 one point of focus right so So you can only see like three you can only set your focus at one point it doesn't automatically change if you're looking far or close right so he said he said it about how distance our faces are from him so yeah under the table handies would be super simple (laughs) (laughs) or who knows you could go under the table (laughs) yeah exactly that's a slurpy (laughs) sauce on the fourth course (laughs) (laughs) and and if you're in a big party because they said there's like parties of 15 there sometimes oh yeah no problem it'd be so easy yeah hmm Dining in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Very specific kind of dining. (laughs) Yeah. So what else, Jess? I don't have the ability to edit this this time as well. Oh, really? So the other number one rule is no dead air. No dead air heard. So I'll try my best. I I do understand that when I hear it sometimes because I listen to the podcast. Yeah. That you make. Well, I try to cut out the Do you the know I've air. only listened to two podcasts ever? Really? One of them being yours, and the other <laughs> one's like Spirit, <laughs> Purpose, and Energy. What's you know? Spirit, Purpose, and Energy like? Uh, it's by this awesome chick, JJ Flazane, and she basically, very, very opposite of yours, has one topic per podcast. Uh-huh. Sometimes one guest, often alone or with her partner. Yeah. And um, talks about either health-related energy fields or spirit related or healing um more up that alley right but variety of topics all in that range and she kind of combines astrology and scientific health-based facts with all that there's one specifically on honey there's one specifically on your limbic system one specifically on how your animal's sicknesses relate to your stress and shit like that right right so then there's yours which has no topics very conversational. Yeah, very conversational, very low effort. (laughs) (laughs) But the one thing that I appreciate about yours a lot that makes it listenable 
as does hers that she always brings up about good versus bad podcasts is the sound quality. Can't listen to a shitty podcast when it sounds like they're talking into a computer microphone. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised the oh number of people that just like do it into their phones yeah. or their computer microphone yeah. or whatever. It's like not it's not that hard. You can't listen to that shit. You ever try to listen to that for more than 10 minutes? Oh, yeah. No, it's horrible. Yeah. Even even podcasts that I do like with call in guests and stuff. Sometimes I don't listen to episodes that I otherwise would because right. the sound quality is so bad. No, that is true. Oh, man. Um, the other topic of conversation we were having in the car that was fairly interesting that totally had no recollection until we're talking about it was people in our neighborhood growing up oh yes this is good um coming up with actual names people had no remembrance of until we were talking about it and crazy stories how you remember their parents and that was another asian family we're talking about half asian Yeah, and then I was mentioning, and I, I would still love to finger point who it was, but he was on our school bus in the morning, but there was a boy, and I remember hating him, not even knowing him because of the rumors in the neighborhood I had heard through the parents about the fact that a dog went to go bite him or did bite him or attack him, and he hit the dog with a chair, a wooden chair, and then the dog had to get put into sleep. Um, but that was like, I was probably six or seven when that happened. He was older. He was maybe your age or older. He was like uh, eight. If he was older than me, I bet it was Matt. That I don't want to say his familiar. whole name on the podcast, but you know it. Yeah. Um, um, that was tragic. Yeah. I never, I don't have any recollection of this at all. And you remember it from like parents yeah. talking about the it. Other, the, yeah. Uh, th- and the school bus is very nostalgic. I remember like that. And I remember just staring at him, like kind of being scared of him after that. Cause he hit a dog with a chair and then I always like loved animals. So that was like really sad and I hated him for it. Yeah. The other thing I remember on the school bus was, um, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Do you remember that song? Yeah, of course. I started singing that song when I was like five or six. <laughs> TLC. To, um, <laughs> to another girl. Should I say her name or no? You could say her name. Nobody listens to this. Okay, okay perfect. Julie Chimes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Who turned out to be like super freaky, kind of like probably a great chick but definitely lesbian and out there kind of gothy but yeah um i remember telling her telling her i heard that song and i knew the words and i was telling her about it and then uh her mom called mom oh no way yeah i always got in trouble for a little stuff i didn't think i did it was do you think it was like 1990s gay panic or it was just like being too overtly sexual just overtly sexual because she was always type of a tomboy anyways like we used to hang out at her house and she was wild like I was a girl, pretty basic. Like, I used to go to my other friends' houses and bring Barbies. Like, I did not bring Barbies to her house. We would just, like, <laughs> that sounds weird, roll around on her waterbed. Um, <laughs> like, we would play, like, pinball in the basement. Like, we just do, like, I don't know, play lions in her room. Like, <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> now that you think about it, you know, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was friends with her brother, Tim. Yeah. I didn't know you guys hung out. I don't really remember that. We did for a while, but she quickly went in her own path as like a young kid. Like around by third grade, she was walking her own path. And I was still like chilling with my Barbies, walking to my couple friends' house, making a club with our Barbies and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. The first time I ever stayed up all night was at the Chimes' house. You remember that? Yeah. It's a it, big deal when you're a kid. It was somebody's birthday. Oh, I guess it was Tim's birthday, probably. Yeah. And we stayed up all night playing Sega. And I was obsessed with Sega because I didn't have that. Or we didn't have that. And mm. 
only he did. So I stayed up like all night playing Sonic. And it was the first time I ever stayed up for 24 hours. And I just remember everybody else sleeping and then mom coming to pick me up. And like, mom, like, I, stayed I stayed up, up all, night. all night. And she's, she's like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Jotavia said that to us this morning. She swore? No, she, no, she's gone. She's, <laughs> she has, but no, she said she stayed up. She didn't sleep. I didn't sleep all night last night. She was lying though. <laughs> she just told us, you remember that? It was like 60. I didn't sleep last night. Yeah. Okay. Why is she so proud of it? Oh, it's a big hit thing. <laughs> do you remember? Like, do you remember trying to stay up all night? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. I stayed up till four in the morning. Yeah. 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 And then like at sleepovers, you'd always be like, you fell asleep first. No, you fell asleep first. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't think I stayed up all night again until I started doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, and then at, and then since I've not done as many drugs, I don't do that ever. Yeah, anymore. I don't know if I ever did as an actual young kid. I may have thought I did or told people, but I don't think I actually did as a kid. Yeah, young I only kid. did it that one time that I remember. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. The other thing that was very weird that happened in the neighborhood. The neighborhood is weird. We had like a very kind of stereotypical neighborhood yeah i would say our neighborhood was like 1950s almost yeah it was like kids running around and it was like you know walk to your friend's house go play in the goalie come back when it's dark yep um parents gave us a lot of trust at a young age and there was the two friends aaron and melanie that i was good friends with and we used to always sleep in the camper outside in the driveway at the haber's house Mm -hmm. and we would have sleepovers always play truth or dare in there i don't know what exactly got us to this point <laughs> don't want to go inside <laughs> or what but i remember one if not two of us pissing inside the camper <laughs> <laughs> like just staying there peeing laughing so hard standing up peeing our pants and then trying to pull our pants down because we don't want to pee our pants inside the camper in the Haber's driveway at least one or two times i don't know if it was like when you're a kid you're just laughing, <laughs> <laughs> laughing <Well>. so hard <laughs> But yeah, we would just stand there and piss our pants, <laughs> like well, at the age of eight or nine. Well, wait a minute, though. Did they, like, catch you doing this? I mean, the parents must have no. known in the morning um, that there was, like, piss everywhere. They might, but after I was gone, like, not when I was there. <laughs> we would just laugh so hard, and then we'd, we'd but then start what, peeing. But then you went to bed? Like, I don't pee? know. I just remember, like, watching piss coming out of, like, other people's pants, <laughs> like, like, through their pajama pants and then i i probably did pee my pants maybe once twice i don't know oh my god we would god. just like laugh so hard to play truth or dare and like i don't know what'd be happening we get weird when oh, we were some kids weird shit. I, I mean as long as we're naming names um my, mike colosimo this was much later <laughs> so this was this was a dude we both both knew but uh that i was good friends with in high school and i remember maybe freshman year or something we were walking home from school I don't remember why. Like that was that was a weird thing to do. We didn't really live close enough to walk. No, we've done it all. Some, some we were walking home from school, and he was like, "I have to pee." And keep in mind, like this is as a fourteen-year-old, and he's like just walking, and he just pissed his pants. Oh my god! <laughs> like, just pissed his pants while he was walking. Did he? Did he kept walking? Oh while yeah, he was and then he walked all the way home, and he just like stripped down when he got home, and was like, "Mom, I peed my pants." Oh my god! You can't stop for four seconds <laughs> and piss on the side of the sidewalk. It was just for the meme, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he was just doing it to be funny, and it was hilarious. Wow! <laughs> I wonder if kids still do that shit to be funny. Well, you're about to find out, I'm sure. Yeah. Give it a few years. I don't know. There's well, you said it. eight or nine. I mean, Jatavia's not that far away. I know, but she she pisses her she pissed her pants yesterday. She's <laughs> just like she's playing with her friends, and she just doesn't come inside. 
like she, she was, just won't pause even yeah. to go to the bathroom. She, and she just pissed her pants, pretend nothing happens, and keeps playing. <laughs> and then it looked like she had shit all over her butt. And I said, Jotavia, I was out hollering out the front window, and I was like, Jotavia, it's like, do you have something in your pants? There's <laughs> 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 like a big brown spot on her butt <laughs> seeping from the inside out. And she's like, no. No. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I let her keep playing. And then she was out here in the backyard with us. She came back in, said bye to her friend, playing outside, at least just in the backyard with us, thankfully. I said, let me look in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I pulled her pants open. And there was no poop, which was the weirdest part. But there was saturated piss underwear. <laughs> and her butt must have just sat in dirt after she yeah, pissed yeah. herself. And I was like, Jotavi, that's disgusting. You need to go change your panties. And she's like, ah. Oh. I'm playing, <laughs> and I was like, "You gotta just stop when you're playing." And She's take too time busy to to for it. Yeah, she she <laughs> is too busy. So she continued playing for probably an hour with pissy panties, <laughs> and then came inside and complained when I said you had to wipe your privates after you changed it. <sighs> Put on fresh panties. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't remember. Do you remember pissing your pants? I mean, I pissed the bed. I didn't yeah. pee my pants, I don't think, very often, but I do remember peeing the bed till I was way too old. Like, probably till I was 12. Really? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Because I was kind of afraid of the dark. So, like, I would know I had to go to the bathroom, and, like, I knew my alarm would go off for school in, like, an hour, but I didn't want to get up. Oh, my God. It was because I watched too many, like, alien shows on the History Channel, yeah, and I was afraid of, like, all sorts of weird shit. Of I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of aliens. So I would just piss and then just, like, lay awake in it. And then when dad or mom would, like, come and wake me up, I'd let my alarm go off, make them come and wake me up. And then when they would, I would, like, pretend I was sleeping and that I didn't know, <laughs> oh but God. I definitely knew. <laughs> You were just lazy sitting <laughs> At least pee is like germ free, right? It's like yeah, I guess clean so. kind of. You're not sitting in your own shit. Well, do you know like in the seventies they had a thing that was like a, a metal sheet that would go underneath your mattress or maybe not under your mattress, but like under your um mattress cover. And if you peed, it would set an alarm bell off. No. So that it would like scare kids from peeing the bed. It was at a tactic night. to make them yeah, afraid yeah, to yeah. piss the bed. Mm-hmm. That sounds like torture. Well, you can ask mom about this, and I'm sure she'll let us know. But I remember her, like, when I was around 11 or 12, like, coming to me with, like, diapers. No. <laughs> diapers for older kids. And no. was like, you should wear these. And, like, tried so hard to get me to accept it. Are you like, serious? You're so great. I'm going like, to ask her don't, about that. <laughs> don't, I don't want to wear them. I don't have to wear them. But then I would Bringing still... Bringing you big, big, like, pads. <laughs> Bringing you women's pads. They, like. were, they were straight... They were worse than that. They were straight up diapers. And she would try to get me oh, to wear no. them when I'd go on sleepovers and stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, it was terrible. Did you ever piss the sleeping bag at a sleepover? I must have if that if it got to that point. But well, I don't remember doing it. she was just fearful that. of your embarrassment yeah. as a kid. That'd be. Well, I only did it because I knew they would clean it up in a minute. You know what yeah. I mean? I think I knew that there was like some social shame behind it. But like at home, it was like, I can do this. I can, I can piss <laughs> in this bed. <laughs> Oh, God. Didn't you see a ghost when you were a kid at the end of your bed? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, man, I don't remember what age that was. But, yeah, I remember, I think it was even later, maybe middle school or high school. But I remember waking up and seeing, like, the bust of a guy, like, from the chest up. And it was really vague. It wasn't, like, a particular person, but it was very much, like, 
I don't know. In my memory, it was like a founding father or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. an 18th century looking like ponytail. ghoul. Yeah. And it was only from the chest up and it was right at the end of my bed. And I just closed my eyes and I waited for my alarm to go off. I waited for dad to wake me up because that would always happen. If I didn't get up when I was supposed to, he would eventually come in. So I just like kept my eyes shut so damn tight Yeah. until he came back in and turned the lights on. And then Really? Yeah. I was scared to death of it. But I've since learned that that's like, bye, Josh. Good night, man. Um, I've since learned that that's like, you can have like after images from your dreams. I was going to say, do you think now that was part of maybe a dream? Like you were awake, but you're dreaming. I think it, I was somewhere between awake and dreaming and it was just like a still doesn't mean it couldn't have been real though. No. I mean, I had a lot of weird experiences in that house. I don't know about you. I was also really creeped out kid. I watched a lot of murder shows and mystery shit. And was always having dreams about people being in the basement, people killing us, people murdering us or keeping me, kidnapping me in the basement there. I think that basement freaked me out because do you remember there was all those like names signed behind the hot water heater when we moved in and they were there forever? Yeah. And there was something weird about the family that lived there before us. Yeah, I want to say, like, I feel like maybe we didn't know. It was a hockey coach or something, but somebody That's what I was going to say. It was died a hockey coach. Or, I feel like maybe there was something we didn't know. I think there was. We should, we should ask the, uh, our parents about it because there was something we didn't know. Because yeah. I remember the hockey coach anecdote, but, like, it did seem like they moved out under mysterious circumstances or something. Yeah. Or at least that's my memory and, of it. And the house was just kind of, like, it wasn't old. It was, what, 70s built? Mm-hmm. But it was like somebody's house before that. I don't feel like it was a lot like a lot of people lived there. So it was just like right. It was one. Someone family. lived there. Yeah, right. that was their household. Um. So yeah, that could definitely provoke a lot of whatever spirits are haunted there. But the animals would do weird things. I, that's what I was just about to say. Is I remember, I think it was Amelia, but it might have been Honeybee. We're talking about our basset, basset hounds. Hound. We had two different basset hounds growing up, but. I remember in the middle of the night them playing in the living room with nothing, with nobody. And like really late at night, like two in the morning when they should have been sleeping. And howling straight up the stairs at nothing. That would be like in the middle of the day too, just staring up the stairwell like there was somebody up at the top of the stairs and just howling at them. Yeah. There was nothing, not a cat, nothing. Like. No. And we did have a lot of cats throughout the time there. Oh, well, not a lot. I guess we had three total throughout the time we lived at that house. Yeah our whole childhoods but like they would do weird things too cats kind of always do but they also have that extra sense you know so that's very creepy and weird yeah and that basement was weird especially because it wasn't finished when we moved in once it was finished i felt like less uncomfortable but i was also much older one time this was when i was yeah when it was finished it was less uncomfortable i i do feel that the unfinishedness definitely scared me as a young kid i used to have to go down there to feed the cat and i was scared i hated going down there when it was dark or having to go down there by myself yeah that was horrible i do remember one time and i wanted to say i was 13 or 14 at this point a friend was over we were in the basement home alone because i had to be 13 or 14 we were home alone and we heard something upstairs, like to the point where I thought mom or dad or you had come home through the garage door and no one started walk, kept walking around out there. We heard the door like open or close or something. And we like were expecting somebody up there. Maybe we we're doing something wrong. Maybe that's why we we're paranoid. I don't remember. We were listening, you know, 
And then no one kept walking. We kind of went up there. No, one, we didn't hear anyone. And we didn't come up fully out of the basement because we were so scared because we heard it, but no one was there. Wow. And I remember as we grabbed trophies. Yeah, like yeah, I remember Baseball that. trophies or hockey trophies, whatever was down there. We grabbed trophies and we're like walking up the stairs with the fucking trophies because we were so scared. No one was up there. Oh. But we had both heard it. Yeah. So well. And you know, you can hear footsteps when you're below it. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, we like heard the door, some of those, and then nobody and nothing. And we were so scared. I don't, I mean, I don't remember what else happened after that. Like, I'm pretty sure we just walked up there and no one was there, but that we were like, had those as our weapon. Right. Like, we're <laughs> yeah. going to do something with these plastic Some plastic baseball trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was scary. Oh, my God. The roof was right outside of your bedroom. Yeah, kind of. Did you utilize the roof as a teenager? No, it was too high up, and my window screen was too difficult to get on and off. Oh, you didn't go out there ever? No, because the roof was really steep, and it was just like three feet of it pretty slanted above the front patio. It wasn't like the side one. Do you remember how the side of the roof had a lot of space? If you wanted to go on the roof and chill, that would have been great. Right, right. But I couldn't do that. I was stupid. I used to just sit in my room and blow smoke out the window, and it'd blow right back in. (laughs) remember the first time I got caught smoking weed in my room and again with the same friend, Aaron, who I was down in the basement with, with the trophies, but, and I was the bad influence of that duo. And, um, (laughs) mom and dad were downstairs watching TV on the couch. You were probably (laughs) home. I don't know. We're out skating or something. You know, you were just around. It was middle of the day. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, we're just going to smoke it in my room through a pop can tin can you didn't use a spoof or anything or like try no, to hide blew it? It out the window <laughs> and my window is right across from my door so it was going right back under my door <laughs> and then i'm probably super high off shitty weed probably took two hits aaron was smoking it and mom knocks on my door i have no lock on my bedroom door also <laughs> right. so this is just all stupid there's probably nothing blocking the crevice of my door at the yeah. bottom and uh uh just like the caught face popped on i was like oh shit um it's a cigarette. <laughs> I told mom it was a cigarette in my room. She's like, I know what cigarettes smell like. <laughs> so I sent uh, Aaron home with all the paraphernalia. She's like, okay, I'll give you a couple minutes to leave. Right. Let me close the door again. Gave Aaron all the shit to take with her. She hid it on a bush <laughs> on the way on the walk home. And of course, mom talked to her mom, but she didn't get in no trouble. Did you? Yeah, I'm sh- I got grounded, I want to say, yeah, for a week yeah. or something. And I remember um, dad saying to me, should at least go behind a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, shit. Well, damn, I, you got in so much more trouble than I did. Yeah. Do you remember that discrepancy? Of course you do. Yeah. It was like the worst thing of all time. Yeah, but the thing is, I think I also was just blat- more blatant about yeah, what I was true. doing in defense that it, nothing's wrong with it. Like, I didn't really try to hide things that well because I was so ignorantly innocent right that i thought what i was doing wasn't wrong yeah well in a certain sense it wasn't but like maybe you were too wise for your years or something well i was also like 14 15 16 like if my 14 year old was doing the same shit that mom and dad found out i was doing by the time i was 15 i would i would flip (laughs) that's interesting to hear i i wonder that because yeah now you're a parent i remember when dad found out there was there was one incident where they found out every drug i had done and i was 15 or 16 yeah and that's a lot of drugs for a 15 or 16 year old dude granted it could have only been once or twice but right. got caught 
and friends rolling on ecstasy told their parents everything. So the parents called our parents and dad said, how do you even do acid? Do you shoot it up? (laughs) And he hugged me crying. And I was like, no, dad, you don't shoot up acid. I've never. And I was like trying not to laugh, but he's crying, (laughs) hugging me. I'm just like, oh, no, should do some acid, man. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah, it was. It's funny because they didn't understand. And then, then looking back on it. Yeah, rightfully so. You're scared, but you don't know what you're scared about. Right. Do you remember, because there was a time when we all had to go to like a family therapy thing or whatever. That was because I was in outpatient drug rehab at the age of 15 or 16. Right, but you, but it was just for like smoking weed and doing hallucinogens. Provoked by that exact topic when it was, they found out all of the drugs Okay, so it was the same time. But I re, do you remember yeah. this? Because in my memory, I remember sitting in there and I was really grumpy that I had to be there because it was just stopping me from living my life or of whatever. Course. And the therapist was like, well, what do you think? And I remember saying like, I don't think she did anything wrong like it's just it's fine like everybody does drugs or whatever and it they were treating you like you were a fucking heroin addict yeah. or something. it was insane yeah it was insane they make it i think that i think that's part of their thing yeah they try to make it a big deal to young kids to make it seem real do you think there's that same kind of panic now i don't think there would be i think like people are way more open about especially those type of drugs it would have been different if you were doing like crystal meth yeah well, that's the thing. I think it's where we were, too. We were in a suburban neighborhood, and a lot of it's just judgment from other people or lack of understanding. Because, like, I know a lot of parents, and I know a lot of parents who smoke weed. I don't think our parents knew any parents who smoked weed. Maybe there might be one one kind of naughty guy. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. But I think with the legalization of marijuana or the, like, casualty of it now, that actually opened the gates for casualty of doing whatever you want in your time right as far as kids doing it i think it does matter where you are and what they're doing how it's perceived we were in a bougie neighborhood yeah yeah well relatively totally bougie suburb that little rehab outpatient facility was in a bougier one right right. with a bunch of white kids yeah 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 so it's all relative i guess i don't know if it'd be perceived the same now i mean it depends who you're working with too right right but, yeah. yeah, it depends so much on class, I think. Yeah. Because it really w- just was like a bunch of sheltered, like upper middle class white people yeah. not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Kids are smoking weed and stealing your pain pills. Ooh. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, not, well, now, I mean, every time I talk to dad, it's crazy because there's so many people in Ohio just dying from opioids, opioids and heroin and stuff coming back. Yeah. You know, he he always, not always, but every once in a while would be like, don't do heroin or be like, dad, I don't like I don't even know. Heroin. I don't even know where I would get that yeah. from, or like have access. I would sound to like it. an undercover cop, fucking buying it. Right, like, right, right. Can I get that that black tar, man? <laughs> yeah, let me get some horse. Yeah, that H, <laughs> capital H. If you know what I mean. <laughs> like, oh, no, man. yeah, everybody does that shit out east. I Did, feel like it's an East Coast thing mainly. Yeah, or like a suburban thing mainly. It's not a city drug because everybody does coke or like meth or whatever. Like club kind drugs, of, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's people that do heroin in the city. Yeah, I feel like Cleveland, but, from my experiences there, Cleveland was crack. The city of people did crack. The people with a little more money did heroin. Right. And then when I moved out west to like Colorado and out here, crystal meth. Yeah. Although I guess crystal meth is very widespread. I just didn't know people who did it because it was actually more of a like redneck drug out in Ohio. People in this. I think of it as a redneck 
redneck drug, but there's like an upscale version, like gay guys snort meth. Yeah. To like go out. Yeah. But that's really different than like smoking crystal meth, yeah. which I think is like Western or. I, I don't know. It's huge trashy. out here. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I think most of it's smoking out here. It's it's just a thing. I actually remember when our grandma was still alive and she died in 2012. So it was before then. And I was a teenager. I think I came out here on my own one or two times. I was 16 maybe. And she was telling me about tweakers. She was telling me what tweakers were and telling me how tweakers steal scrap metal. And tweakers don't carry around ideas. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. want anybody to know who they are. And the tweakers hang around at the bar she goes to. You know, and I was like, didn't really understand that because that was one drug I never was familiar with as a young, young teenager or teenager. I did no, not. No, no, that was not. Around. I never saw that drug for a long time in my life. Yeah. Until yeah. I moved to Colorado. And I was like, oh, looking back, I definitely had one friend who used it heavily in Ohio. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And I had no idea, but I know it now. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. But a friend she, in high school or was it later? No, it was when I lived in Coventry area, uh-huh. Cleveland Heights. And I, she was one I met there. And um, she was from Euclid or somewhere, somewhere a little further from the suburb we grew up in. Um, but yeah, and then I put it all together. I'm like, oh, that's how she always was up at 4 a.m. Oh, and 6 a.m. Yeah. and chilling by herself, chilling with weird characters. I'm like, how do you know them? That's weird. Whatever. We all <laughs> smoke blunts, you know? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Um, I met her parents one time or her mom. I think that was all one kind of big family thing going on and oh, man. put it all together. It's really sad. That yeah, yeah. That no, one that's, is. that's a messed up drug. Yeah. Do you remember there was a time, I, it was when you were living in Coventry because I was in school. I was in CIA and you called me because you'd gotten arrested or something in the middle of the night. Do you remember this at all? No, I have. I don't remember a lot of times calling people when I got arrested. Well, because you, you called me and like you really did not want to call mom and dad. And you were just asking me for bail money. And I didn't have it. Wow. Or like couldn't get it together at three o'clock. And I don't know. I probably yeah. had class the next day or whatever. I can't believe you don't remember that. Because it was, it was such a big incident for me. Because it's like a thing I regret. Not being able so to bail me bad. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you were like hysterical. It was it was an awful thing. The thing is, I got arrested kind of a lot. Yeah. I mean, not really, but at least five times. Yeah, under the age of twenty, and um, I don't remember it a lot because I was always fucked up when I got arrested. Right. I'm wondering which time it was, <laughs> but it's funny because mom actually said that to me too. She in an apology almost one time thought of one time when she, they wouldn't bail me out intentionally though. Wouldn't bail me right. out. I was like, well, duh, I'm 19 or 18 or seven. Who knows how old I was? I'm in jail. You probably should have left me there, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't remember that specifically. Probably because it wasn't my first time is why I was calling you begging you. Well, and I think it was after, mom and dad had maybe said like no more and it was like your it was like your last shot and i just remember feeling so bad because like i probably could have done it but i just couldn't do it it. psychically or just like couldn't handle it at the time or it's probably like 800 bucks it was a lot of money it was a lot of money yeah Yeah. i had exactly i probably had enough money or whatever and i just remember feeling like oh my god like because I don't, I've never really been arrested. I only got brought in the one time for skating. It was never like anything serious. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh my god, it's her only phone call. Like she's in <laughs> jail. Like I have no idea what oh the fuck's my going on in the middle of the night. 
jail so funny. I and mean, I I've never been there for a long time. Right. Let's put it that way, too. I'm not like. Well, and I remember I had your car for a long time because you couldn't drive. Yeah. Did you lose your. Remember that? I had your red car. Yeah, that was the final time I got in big trouble. I got in big trouble. Thankfully, I'm a fan of. Uh, or I'm not a fan. I'm a result of white privilege. I am yeah. a product of white privilege. It's okay. You can be a fan of I'm it. I'm a too. fan of it right now also because I still can have my right to vote and I can own a gun because I didn't get any felonies and I was charged with three felonies and a DUI all in one night. Oh, my God. Um, and so I couldn't drive for a while. Yeah, they took my car. Well, they took my license away, I should say. That was a very ridiculous situation, though, and I look back at it all the time thinking about how it – I'm I'm – free human because i was a 19 year old white girl right that got in trouble with the dy i was underage i was 20 or 19 i got an underage dy um a scale so that was trafficking oh my god uh, mul- uh, over an ounce or two of weed in multiple bags so that was trafficking marijuana and distribution of and possession and then i had ecstasy on me god and they didn't hit you with any of those charges i don't remember how this pans out yeah so this was fucked up because the system's fucked up that's i i wonder if that's the time i called you because that was probably the most desperate i've ever felt in jail because i knew it might have been yeah i actually hid the ecstasy in my bra and then on the way in the police car um they we're like, hey, if you have anything else, you better give it to us before you get to the station. Because once you get to the station, it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. And I was like, okay, here's my ecstasy. Like, here you go. Gave it to them. Doesn't, didn't matter. They still charge me with it, whatever. Um, and long story short, they put me on house. They let me go from jail after a week or so in there. Some, bu- some friends came down with money or something. Or the guy I was dating at the time. And let me go from jail. But I had to be on house arrest until my court date which was only supposed to be about a month and they kept pushing it back. So I was on house arrest for three months. You have to pay $500 every month. You're on house arrest. And, um, then went to a court date. Basically they dropped all my felonies in exchange for a year of probation and AA meetings. Wow. Yeah. That's nothing. I got charged with an underage DUI, which is four points on your license, less than a regular DUI. Wow. And I would, like, highly attribute that to being a white young girl. It was because I was a first-time felon. Right. But, like, if I was a black dude and 21 and a first-time felon. Oh, you would have got hit with all of that I would have three felonies on my record right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's fucked up to think that. And I even remember going down to my probation officer every week or whatever, take a piss test. Like, she didn't even look at me like I was a threat. You know what I mean? Just like, okay, do your thing. And other people felt like criminals there, I feel like, you know? For sure, yeah. So I was really lucky. And, yeah, so I got off of nothing. So on my record, I have no felonies. And if you have a felony, I mean, you can't vote. You can't own a gun. You can't get a job, like, anywhere. Like, you can't do a lot of things. You can't rent houses. Like, so that's crazy, too, though, that people can have that at such a young age and fuck up the rest of their life for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, I, I can't believe you can't even vote. I know. That's that, that so blew fucked. my mind. I didn't know any of that till I was at risk for getting that, too, right. at 18 or 19 years old. I don't, they don't teach you, hey, if you get a felony, no. you know. Yeah, that's, that's insane. And that's why there's actually a statistic, and I don't know off the top of my head, but X amount of um, men of color who can't vote because they have felonies. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're already eliminating that percentage of the population having their say in who's in charge. Yeah, totally. 
which is a minority to begin with. But yeah, so fuck. A lot of mm. trouble when I was a kid. But that was the last big one. And after that, I was on probation. I saved a bunch of money and I moved out of Ohio because I was like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, get out of there. Kept getting in trouble. Mm. But yeah, you're lucky you never got arrested. I mean, you didn't really do anything crazy, but even. No. Well, the charge I did get, did get that one time was criminal trespassing. And I just, it didn't seem like a big deal at the time because all my other friends that I was with were underage. So they got off completely clean wow and i was like two months were you guys in an abandoned building we were, no we were at lakewood high oh okay and we'd skated there like a million times and gotten caught there a million times but it was the first time i ever got caught over 18 mm-hmm. so they booked me but it was like they kind of made it seem like it was not a big deal and they were like okay you have a court date in the future and i was like all right whatever and then i remember showing up to that court date with dad and they do when you go to court, they do the charges like in order of severity. So they read off all the misdemeanors and I was like, hmm, I didn't get called yet. That's interesting. And then they read off like the next category and I didn't get called yet. And then they read off the category that's like before felonies, like right before. I forget what the term for that is, but it's like, I don't know, like ag- aggressive, at whatever. It yeah. Is. But so they finally called me and they're like, do you have a lawyer? And I was like, no. No. And they're like, you're going to represent yourself. And I was like. Yes. And this is like right in front of the judge. Like I just had no idea what I was in for. And then I pled no contest, I think. I don't even think I knew what that meant. I was just like, it's neither guilty or whatever. Right. So I'll just go with that. And and I was like mouthing off to the judge a little bit because he was like, you know, you cost all the like football players their uniforms every time you skate on the stairs. And I was like, it doesn't hurt the stairs. And he's like, don't talk to me like that. In my oh, court. my God. And, you know, nothing ever came of it. I mean, I got the charge. It's still on my record. I never got it expunged or anything. Right. So, like, when I worked at a museum and as a security guard, they, like, looked at my criminal record and they found that. And they were like, you can't get a security license like this. Like, you need to wow, really? go back to Lakewood and get all these documents and, like, you know, a written affidavit from the judge that says it's no big deal. And so, like, I got all that stuff at the time. But. Wow. Yeah, that's the most oh trouble God. I ever got in, though. But it, but it was, like, way more serious that's than I thought. That's still insane that it came back to even bite you in the butt. Yeah, the well, because well, criminal trespassing doesn't look like skateboarding. It looks like I broke into somebody's house. Right, that's true. So that's how everybody sees it. Yeah. And so when I got all that paperwork and it just says what the actual charge was. Well, the actual charge is criminal trespassing. But when it says what the details are, yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's no big and deal. And think about these fucking cops where they're like... They know what this is doing to an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid. And they I have know. the audacity to do this. Like, oh, my God. Granted, there's definitely a fair share of times where, as you mentioned, they don't give you no trouble. They let you go. Well, I'd been caught at that exact same spot, I mean, dozens of times. And right. they usually just tell you to go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, because when I was underage, I would just mouth off to cops all the time because there's just absolutely no consequences at all. They can't really do anything to you. Yeah, well, especially if you're not really doing anything wrong or if you're leaving the situation. You're just like, all right, fuck you. I'm out. And you're leaving away. I got a ticket while I was in jail once for. Really? Yeah, because I got arrested. Probably I was 17 or 18. Got arrested drinking, crossing the street in Parma somewhere. They pulled us over, had a case. Definitely were like rough being really rough with us for how simple and not crazy are did they actually cuff you and stuff yeah absolutely they were pushing up the guy the two guys i was with against the car really rough and shit and cuffed us up took us into the holding cell so we weren't even really in a jail we're just in a holding cell and i was drunk 
fuck you, fuck it, fuck it, fuck you. You know, cussing at the cops in my holding cell. So they gave me another ticket while wow. I was in my holding cell for cussing at the cops. Oh my God. And it's great because on the ticket, you have to write why they gave you the ticket. So they had to write profanity on my ticket. I used to save all my tickets. You don't have them anymore? No, I think I saved one or two. The one for cultivating marijuana I saved. Because that was really <laughs> That's cool. That's a good one. It said yeah. cultivation of 18 marijuana plants. I was proud of that <laughs> Wait, one. Wait, where was this? In Ohio? That was in Parma, yeah. Oh I lived When I lived above a bar. The yeah, yeah, I remember um, that, yeah. Yeah, some... Looking back on it, we were probably set up, but the, we had come back from uh, picking up a bunch of weed. We were selling everything at the time. And there was cops in our apartment above us. It, like, we pulled up and there was cops there. And what everyone's story was is that there was a robbery at the pizza shop next door. And somebody from the bar below the apartment pointed to our door and said the robber went up there. <laughs> oh our door God. was, like, kicked in and shit. Oh, no. So probably was set up. Yeah, we totally. We were totally selling like. a lot of drugs and we were growing up there. Not... Not anything intense, though. We were growing in a walk-in closet. We literally had 18 marijuana plants. We weren't even budding. You know, we were 18-year-old kids doing this shit. Sure. Like, what the hell we got going on? But needless to say, we had to carry all of our marijuana plants down with the cops, held to help them carry them down from our apartment into the back of the SUV cop car. Everyone at the bar is just standing outside watching us. Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was a trip, but it was only like a three hundred or four hundred dollar ticket in Parma. Wow, it was a misdemeanor. Yeah, it was a misdemeanor. The for judge, that much? I will never forget this. The judge said to me, in in front of the courtroom. That's why I loved this ticket. You're either growing a field or you're growing in a closet, and you were growing in a closet. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, yeah, like yeah. three or four hundred dollars. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you about the time? Well, there was an incident when I was in college where we were all driving up to like the grog shop or something. Did you ever go to indie dance night? Actually, do you remember I'm that? I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was like this club that was basically the only place you could go and drink and dance when you were under 21. That was up in this neighborhood. Was it for under 21? Well, the dance night was for under 21. You couldn't drink legally, but you like okay. very easily could, which yeah. is the whole allure of it. I think the club must have known that, too. Yeah. Um, so we were on our way up there, and we were driving in my friend's car, and we were all smoking blunts. And the one guy in the passenger seat took a tab of acid. Oh, my God. And the guy that was driving was going way too fast, probably drunk, too. I'm not 100% sure. But we get pulled over, and as soon as we roll the windows down, it's like smoke in this guy's face. It's impossible <laughs> that you don't know it. And the one guy's tripping, and so the cop comes out, and he's like, everybody out of the car. We all get out of the car. Um, my friend eats the blunt oh that, my was, God. that was still going, which was common practice. I saw that right. happen more than once. That was called, um, what's it called? Oh, I don't remember now. There is a name for that. Yeah, yeah. But so he eats it, and we get out of the car, and they find all the weed. And all that happened, again, white privilege, is the cop empties the weed out on the street, and he's like, step on it. Oh, my God. And so he makes the driver of the car just, like, stomp on all the weed. And he's like, okay, you guys go. And we, like, still went to our fucking place and got fucked up. up and then came back home the same way. Wow. I wonder if they thought that was the only weed in there, really, because sometimes cops, I think, are ignorant, and they don't even know what maybe smoking weed versus weed smells like. They have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The, when the time I was just talking about the instance where they found all the weed growing in our house, they also obviously found a lot of other things. 
and they were really cool with us. That's why I thought maybe it wasn't a setup because they didn't charge us for a bunch. That was the only ticket we got was for the marijuana. We had a bunch of bongs and nine pipes, I think, sitting around, and they put all the pipes in a garbage bag and made us break it against the wall. They didn't charge oh us for God. it, which just made us break it. Same with the bongs, made me smash the bongs, which was kind of cool. Yeah, like, all yeah. right, let's smash this shit. One time, we were driving to a head shop. This was while I was in high school, so definitely a little younger, 16, 17. You know, me and three other kids in a car. You know how everyone rolls deep when you're in high school. I was sitting shotgun. We're smoking a pipe. We're in my buddy's car, stick shift car. I don't know how to drive stick shift, by the way. And we got pulled over right outside the head shop we're going to. Of course, we're going to a fucking head shop. And... I have the pipe. I put it in my pants, put it in my panties. Mm-hmm. I don't put it up anything. I just put it in my panties. Like, yeah. whatever. They're not going to pat me down between my legs or anything. Um, cool. Well, they decide the driver with dreadlocks and shit. He's high. So get out the car. Girls, you hadn't been smoking. Me. You drive. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to fucking drive station. Oh, I get no. out of the car, have to waddle over to the driver's side with a fucking pipe between my crotch. <laughs> Get in the car. All I have to do is pull it around the corner into the parking lot of the head shop. And I did. I managed (laughs) it somehow. It was the scary. The cops behind us, too. I can't believe you actually pulled that off because you can stall a stick shift car so easy, even if you know how to drive Uh it, kind of. And yeah, and I I didn't. I the only time I had even practiced was when I'd come like or I'd drive mom's Saturn view once or twice in a parking lot. And I'd always stall it out. But I just drove it straight through the left and into the parking lot of the head shop where we still went, even though the cop was like watching <laughs> us, but we figured, Hey, we already got pulled over. Like yeah. can't pull us over for anything else. But yeah, that was scary. They're just walking from the passenger side to the driver's side with a fucking pipe in my crotch. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't pick up on that. Yeah. You know, I think they're stupid sometimes or they don't, not that they're stupid, they just don't expect people to be doing the stupid shit you do yeah, when you're a fucking yeah. teenager. You're right. You do some wild shit. Like what? Your friends eating acid, smoking a blunt, right, driving a right, car. Right. Wow. Yeah, and, and you got to imagine that cops are like pretty straight-laced people, probably even in their normal lives. So they don't even. Yeah. They can't conceive of what is possible. No, exactly. They <laughs> right. think you're smoking a J, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got yeah. a J somewhere in there. Oh, you're going to the head shop. You got a little stash of weed somewhere. Yeah, they do not conceive of driving around. I used to drive around with bongs in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to do that, too. Yeah, you yeah. just got to hit it at the red light, you know? Oh, when I was dating Sam, yeah, we would do that oh all the God. time. Oh, my God. I remember getting caught in, like, a major st- snowstorm because we were going to college, like, um, on the east side of Cleveland, and we had to drive all the way to the west side to our guy to pick up. Oh, wow. Because that's when, I don't know, that's when I was smoking, like, ounces a week or whatever, so we had yeah. to go to, like, a serious... dealer Mm -hmm. to get that much and we went out there in the middle of a snowstorm and on the way back we just got caught in the snowstorm and we're just smoking bong the whole way god the whole way back and it's like it's like when it's so bad that you're like sliding around yeah like even sober driving it's like terrifying right yeah do you know that like i mean you probably do but i feel like i saw it a lot because when i lived in colorado like now like underground weed dealers like they're struggling because of all the commercial corporate business of marijuana. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's insane. In Colorado, a lot of people were growing it, selling it before the uh, recreational hit. There was still a lot looser laws, even when it was medical. Right. And you could grow a bunch of weed up in your house or up in the mountains, wherever. 
go to a dispensary and drop it off at the doorstep. Kind of like a farmer go to a restaurant yeah. and just sell them whatever you got. They can't do that. They can't do that anymore. The, the law hit. A law hit when uh, you have to have it on camera from the time you grow it to the time you trim it. Wow. Yeah, to be able to sell it to dispensary. Well, did you watch Murder Mountain? Oh no, but I. You I heard, should check I, that show out. It's it's a Netflix show. It's really interesting because it's about the transition from like underground weed dealers, or not dealers, but like growers, growers. at an in, at a pretty large scale to like the corporatization. Yeah. And so it's about a particular mountain, I think it's in California, where a lot of like yeah. crimes happen because it's still sort of lawless yeah, up there. Yeah, up in weed country. I forget, what is it, in Humboldt or something? Humboldt, or? that's yeah. exactly right, yeah. And like the interesting thing about it, though, was that when it got all corporate, these previous people that were like more or less above board are like really hit with like a lot of onerous like fees. Uh, you know, you have to pay $100,000 for a license or something. They have all these rules. Like I didn't hear the one about having to videotape it but it's mm-hmm. things like this and it's like these small family family farms, farms basically are getting completely driven out of business by large corporations that are coming in. basically like tobacco companies are like just buying exactly. up all their land and starting things and the documentary series is kind of about how like this area in Humboldt is staying extra lawless to avoid being corporatized wow not to intentionally be like dangerous or whatever but just because Stay old school yeah they're just getting driven out of business it's what's happened to everything else and it's bound is bound to happen to this at some point as it becomes more legal and that's why the whole debate too kind of we're talking about white privilege but how many people and particularly african-americans are locked up for marijuana charges right and now rich white people are making money off of marijuana and the same people don't get their charges dropped. They don't get a second chance to get out. They're just still sitting there serving 20 years for a fucking blunt or something from right. the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, No, I know. Ridiculous. When they when they uh, it was the Clinton administration that instituted yeah. like that three strike law. Yeah. Um, where it could have just been literally like a J at the time. I don't think there was like a quantity limit. It was just getting hit with a drug charge three times in yes. a row was a life sentence. Wow. That's that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus there's probably Christ. people serving life for like really, really minor. I mean, yeah. there definitely is for yeah. really minor drug offenses like that. That's insane. And then often if they just don't want them out there anymore, they could plant it super easily. It's insane to think also about what cops could have done in the past in comparison to what they do now get away with while they're wearing body cams. Right. Right. And with everyone with cell phones before that, Oh my gosh, they had freedom of whatever they wanted to do, whoever they wanted to lock up, whoever they didn't want to very easily. Yeah. No evidence. Evidence. was a joke until real stuff started coming out in the two thousands, even like, yeah, 10 years ago being generous. I mean like when iPhones came out, basically Uh, I've been watching cold case murders. Yeah. Show (laughs) a lot of the murders are before the nineties. And don't get solved till 2010, 2000 something because new DNA evidence. Well, not DNA evidence. The evidence has always been there, but new ways to examine it right. come out and they solve it. Yeah. Well, they just caught like the Golden State Killer. There was like a, um, or I can't remember if they caught him or they finally got like a credible um, suspect. But there was a serial killer that's been on the lam for like 40 years. In California? That's Golden State? Yeah, yeah, in California. And the case had been cold for like decades, but it was maybe a year or two ago when they finally like caught up with the guy. I can't remember right now whether they caught him or not, but they like actually ID'd somebody for the first time in 40 years. 
Yeah, that's the type of shit that's crazy. And at that point, they normally don't care on a lot of these uh, cold case murders where I go watch the show of it. They go find the killer or the suspect. They're in a wheelchair on an oxygen tank, and right. they say, fuck it, take me to jail. I got, a lo- I got away with it this long. And then they'll admit to it. They'll be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Whatever. Or they just keep lying because they say, fuck it, what do I have to lose? It's been 10 years till the end of my life. It's been 60 since it happened. Right, right, <laughs> right. What are you going to do about it now? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wow. caught they caught that Nazi in Cleveland. Do you remember this? This was like oh four God, or five no. years ago. Wait, the guy who had no, not the person who had women locked up in his basement. No, that's Anthony Sowell. That was just a serial killer, but um, <laughs> that was just a, just a serial, serial killer. killer. But no, there was like a there was like a Nazi guy that uh, he was Ukrainian, but he like worked at concentration camps, and they finally caught up with him in his nineties, like in twenty fourteen. His name was Damjanyuk. We've talked about him on here before. What did he do? Uh, he, still... he was like an SS guy. He was like a guard. At... What was he doing, though? In Cleveland? Yeah, in Cleveland. Uh, in his retirement, he just was pretending to be somebody under a different name, I think. Or maybe not even, but just wow. just an old man, German immigrant. Like, nobody questioned it. So he got arrested for being a Nazi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember if it was Germany that extradited him. It probably was. Okay. It, it could have been Israel. Because I, kn- I know, like, Israelis are really um, stringent about that. Like, they wow. go after people from World War II wow. still. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, wow, maybe he just made it safe. Maybe he's just retired. He didn't know what he was doing. They tricked the n- people who were Nazis, too. The same thing them. happened, like, a year ago in Brooklyn. They, like, extradited, like, a 95-year-old oh man that had been hiding out for that long. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's questionable. I mean, I guess it's the right thing to do, but 95 years old. They're not hurting anyone now. Well, yeah. They're about to die anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, what do they do? Take them back and lock them up? I, I, they might lock them up, but I think they just... M- make them leave the united states like, oh, okay. i think they just send them back to germany basically that's not bad and it, 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 even if they go to prison in germany like it's not that bad that's not so yeah. bad no it's nothing like here no they can do that mm-hmm. yeah um we can keep talking if you want but we're well over an hour well i don't care do you have anything else you want to tell not off the top of my head i was just thinking about Cops killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit. yeah, that shit sucks. I'm trying to get wow. off the depressing stuff. I know. I'm just like, whoa, like, oh, stuck on body cams and shit. Do you have anything to say about juggalos? I actually want to ask you about that before yeah, we close out know, because that's a good one. You're a juggalette or were. Would you describe yourself as that still or no? No, I mean, I hardly would say I described myself as that in the time period. I affiliated with juggalos. Okay. And I affiliated with juggalettes. I was down with the clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then um, you were a juggalette. Come on. I guess I was a juggalette. I went to a couple gathering of the juggalos. I definitely, <laughs> okay, I okay. definitely think you have to affiliate with juggalette term if I went to the gathering. But yeah, and actually, what's funny is that I reopened my mind to some ICP about two weeks ago. No way. Listened to some ICP for about three days straight. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good music. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie. They had great beats. Uh huh. They were storytellers. They are storytellers. Yeah. Put a lot of thought in their music. It's kind of just silly. It is very dark and twisted. A lot of it. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I, you know, I love Juggalos. 
Well, I bring it up because I, I'm serious. I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything. I think it's interesting because I'm very pro Juggalo, and yeah. I think and I think it's largely because of you. Yeah, like like every Juggalo or Juggalette that I was ever exposed to was like a nice and kind person, and the way that they're treated culturally like bothers me. <laughs> like, Rightfully so. Like the, like uh, did you know? I I think it was. Mm, Three or four years ago, maybe only two years ago, they got listed as like a hate group by the FBI. And I was like, this shit sucks because juggalos are legitimately like the most anti-racist, like um, pro-feminine. Like they're the best political group that I know. Yeah. And, And just because they're dark and twisted people get the wrong impression and i'm right. all, and, and i'm like all, always out there trying to fight for juggalos like seriously i think it's like a good thing and i feel really bad that people pro juggalo that, rallies yeah that th- <laughs> people think even that they think it's silly like it's like a home for people and it i really silly, like it though i think it's silly, silly. is fine. the play on it but it is a home for people i do think there are juggalos who take it seriously which is something that maybe people don't understand and they don't take the dark and twisted seriously they take it being a a happy gang yes they don't have a lot of other places so that is a home for people there are definitely like a lot of unnecessary things about it but the fact that it creates a home for people makes it who cares who cares what the unnecessary shit is it's nothing bad jugglers aren't the ones killing people jugglers aren't doing bad things like you said Eh, it's a lot of funny shit it's funny yeah well, it, nobody has a sense of humor anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, as soon as you get edgy or dark with anything, people want to moralize it so much. <sighs> so people get the wrong idea about Juggalos because, like, lyrically, it's very, really violent. And then the hatchet man is their yeah, symbol. Yeah, that's the whole aesthetic and of it's it. A is, gang. Like, is, like, John Wayne Gacy or, like, being a gang. But, like, I don't whoop, know. Whoop. It's <laughs> but ultimately, it's pretty gentle. It is very gentle. And, like, the gatherings were really fun. The other artists that are down with the clown. Guar was at the gathering. Yeah. Coolio, Afro Man, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like, cool. Yeah. People just throwing soda pop on each other. Lots of naked, fat people. Right, right. Who cares, right? No, I know. Yeah, no, I think jugglos are great. I think it's a silly term also, which is why people automatically make it silly but it is silly everything's silly about it they're characters right yeah nobody understands that anymore it's like it's this baby level logic where you have to um like the person that you're identifying with like you want to be them there's no understanding that you can be separate as a character and then have like a morality and they literally wear clown makeup like how are we going to take that seriously well, I think it's interesting right now because everybody's all up in arms about the Joker movie or whatever. What's, what are they up about? Uh, that the Joker movie's for incels, that people are going to start doing mass shootings because they go to see the Joker <laughs> and it like, you know. I have no idea about the Joker. What is it about? Um, well, the the current iteration of the Joker is about a guy who's mentally ill and has like a psychotic break and starts to murder people. But, like, in the movie, he's completely wronged by society his entire life. Like, you feel bad for the guy, and he just has a break. Okay. And the movie ends really ambiguously. Like, you don't know whether or not it's all in his head or he actually did anything. But the point being that, like, he identifies with a character. And people that like the Joker culturally 
identify with a character mm-hmm. and you don't have to uh you don't have to make that into anything more than it is that's exactly right i think you that's know? a really good like affiliation for the juggalo culture because that's what it is they are identifying with the character or some words in their songs or maybe they just like the nonsense of it or maybe they do like the aggressive ones or they they do talk about some deep shit sometimes but it's normally being rejected or something of the sort so people affiliate with that and then there's a lot of lighthearted stuff and they talk about being in a circus and i mean they have like 16 albums or something ridiculous icp does in particular i'm referring to but Something ridiculous. It's a whole saga, you know, and it's a story if you listen to it all. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a big opera. Mm-hmm. And people don't one people who don't know anything about it. One can't maybe relate to it because they haven't even listened to it. Uh, two, they do see a nice stereotypical clan of humans who may listen to it right. that all look a little different. That's the thing, too. There's not one necessarily look to a juggalo. I mean, yeah, you kind of can create a stereotypical one in your head if you want. But, eh, they're all over the board. So, people aren't being like, I'm that, too. I'm this, too. I could be like that. It's just too broad for a lot of people. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm all about the juggalos. Did you know about the butterfly thing with the juggalos? No. Um, I guess... When they were making their first album, um, they, I think they were probably on hallucinogens or something, but they like captured a butterfly in a jar and they shut the jar and wanted to keep the butterfly. And the next day it was dead. And so every album of theirs is dedicated to this butterfly because really? they accidentally killed it oh, and they I never, and they know never that. and they never wanted to take a life. I'm so much more pro ICP now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know so that. they dedicate all their albums to the butterfly. The other reason I love Juggalos is because at the gathering one year, Tila Tequila. I remember this incident. Was oh, on yeah. stage and everyone threw shit at her. Water right. balloons full of poop, I mean. Actual <laughs> yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. Were her. you at this one? Or you just yeah, I was actually no high on LSD watching this happen <laughs> no at the way. Tila Tequila <laughs> show. It was on a really small stage and it was a 4 a.m. show. And I was just standing there like, oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's throwing Fago and squirting her with Kool-Aid and then actual shit. That was that was a little gross, but fuck you, Tila Tequila. You're not a rapper. You're some girl that was on VH1 or some shit. Right. Wasn't she on some show? Yeah, she was on a reality show. Yeah. So as people were throwing shit at her, she kept rapping and just had her bodyguard stand in front of her. What a cunt. <laughs> like, who does that? Hey, I'm going to keep doing my thing. Like, stand in front of me and take the bullshit. Right, like, right. What? Yeah, that was wild. So go for, go, go juggalos. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, I think they have a, the right idea. Yeah, and circus rides. Fuck yeah. <laughs> cool. We just went on a circus ride today, the big Ferris wheel. Yeah, that was cool. It was yeah. a slow Ferris wheel, but it was a big one. Big one. Okay, I think we can close it out. That's a good All place right. to stop. Let's do it. Thanks, Jess. This was an easy hour. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing it. Of course. Pleasure to be on the show. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Night.